Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wa salamun ala ibadihi al-lazeen istafa amma ba'du A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeemi Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Qal aflaha man tazakka Wa dhakara asma rabbihi fasallah Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad Wa ala ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad Wa ala ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Allah s.w.t. said in Quran Qad aflaha man tazakka Aflaha comes from falah Like we hear in adhan Hayya ala al-falah Come quickly to falah Qad aflaha al-mu'minun this is a word that Allah uses in Quran. Falah means that triumph after which there is no defeat. Falah means that happiness after which there is no sorrow. Falah means that success after which there is no failure. Falah means that achievement, that accomplishment after which there is no loss. That gain after which there is no loss. All of this is called falah. Qad aflaha. Allah SWT is saying in Quran that definitely, certainly that person will get falah. Man tazakka. That person who does tazkiyah. Wa dhakar asma rabbihi. And they make thicker of the name of Allah SWT. Fasallah. And they pray salah. To tazkiyah, dhikr, salah. In this ayah Allah Taala has given Three ways that if a person does these three things, they will get falah. So the first thing is called tazkiyah. What does tazkiyah mean? وَنَفْسِ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا كَمْ أَفْلَهَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا Again it comes again. Another place in Quran. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا means that Allah Ta'ala has put the ability to do evil in us. And Allah Ta'ala has put the ability to do good in us. We have shar and we have khair. There is two creations, three creations. One creation has only khair, pure good. They're called angels. One creation has only evil, pure shar. He's called shaitan. And insan is a mix of the two, a mix of khair and shar. Tazkiyah refers to that effort through which a person makes their khair ghalib on their shar, they make their good dominate their evil, they give in to the good, they suppress the evil, like Mulana recited in Salah, hawa means the nafs has some inclinations, some whims, some fantastical desires, wanaha, but they stop it, they're able to stop it, that's called taskiyah, that's called taskiyah. Now a person has flaws, person has mistakes, no problem. Tazkiyah is an effort and a process. As long as a person remains dedicated to that effort and process, ultimately Allah Ta'ala Himself will take that person out of their sins. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Allahu liyulladhina amanu yuhrijuhum min adhulamati ila nur that Allah Subh'ala Ta'ala is the wali of all of those who believe and Allah Ta'ala will take them out from zulumat, 
from the darknesses of sin and ignorance and depression and anger and lust ila nur into the nur of hidayah nur of taqwa into the nur of iman imam ghazali wrote that tazkiyah is fard on a person wajib on a person trying to do it to spend our life trying and to even die trying to purify our heart and character from anything that is displeasing to Allah Ta'ala, that is a must for every Muslim. Each and every one of us must do this tazkiyah. Now sometimes people ask a question, that can I do this tazkiyah on my own? Can I do tazkiyah on my own? Now look what Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Means first Allah Ta'ala said fujur, second Allah Ta'ala said taqwa. One meaning for this is because tazkiyah is the journey from fujur to taqwa. Second meaning is that Allah Ta'ala put more potential initially for us to do evil. It's only when we have iman, follow Quran, follow sunnah, pray salah, make dhikr, make dua, then that greater potential of taqwa is realized. So it means here when Allah Ta'ala said first فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا We should be, it means Allah Ta'ala inspired us with evil, with propensity to do evil, means we should focus very hard on our tazkiyah. Now, if there's a very big task, you will see in this world, normally people don't try to do it on their own. For example, if a person is physically sick, does he think that he can cure himself on his own? Well, he could say to me, well, all the books that all the doctors and pharmacists have read, I can go to the library and read all those books myself. All the medicines I can buy myself, right? Most people would say, no, don't try to do this on your own. If a person says, okay, I want to become a doctor, they'd say, don't try to do this on your own. Just like that, we can't do tazkiyah on our own. The biggest proof of this is Sahaba Ikram. Because Sahaba Ikram were the most muttaqi mu'mineen, the most salihin mu'mineen. And they heard Qur'an directly from Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Qur'an was revealed, Qur'an in Arabiyyah. That Qur'an was in the Lughat, the dialect of the Quraysh. They understood Qur'an completely. They were masters of the words of Qur'an and they were knowers of the meanings of Qur'an. But Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yes, you will recite the verses to them, لِيَتْنُ alayhim ayatihi. You will recite the verses to them and they will fully understand the meanings. However, وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ You have to do their tazkiyah. So imagine if a person is a sahabi, and they know entire Qur'an, even then they can't do tazkiyah on themselves. So me and you are far, far, far from being sahaba, and me and you are far, far, far from listening to Qur'an from Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Me and you are far, far from knowing Qur'an the way sahaba knew Qur'an. So sahaba need a muzakki, sahaba need a teacher of tazkiyah, then me and you infinitely more, we need a teacher of tazkiyah. We need a teacher of tazkiyah. Another way you can understand this is if a person tries to do something on their own in deen, you, that is a scattered effort. For example, all the books of Hadith are there. So, they're all in English now practically. Almost all the major collections. So you could buy the books and you could read bedtime reading, occasional reading, weekend reading. You will get a smattering. This is what we call smattering. Scattered. Nuggets. 
But you cannot say that you will get the complete, thorough, deep understanding of sunnah. If a person says, I want a thorough, complete, deep understanding of sunnah, they have to go to the ulama of hadith called muhaddithin. And those muhaddithin will take them through a course of study designed systematically, step by step, lesson by lesson, through which a person will get that thorough understanding of sunnah. Just like that, there are all these books of tasir available in Urdu, English, Arabic, so many languages. You could have that in your library at home. You may read now and then, bedtime reading, weekend reading, vacation reading, right? But you will get a smattering. Hmm? Nobody would say that I can get deep, thorough understanding of tafsir. If you want that, you have to go to the ulama of tafsir called mufassirun, mufassirin. Again, they will design a thorough, systematic, step-by-step process by which you will understand that tafsir. Same thing for fiqh. Now all of the books for fiqh are available. If you say, no, I really want to understand how to do hajj. I say, all the books are there, read it. Most people are sensible enough to say, no, look, I need to go to hajj seminar. I know the books are there, but I need some alim. <coughs> who knows these things properly to give me a hajj seminar systematically, step by step, what I have to do on hajj. And ideally, if I can go on hajj in a group where there's an alim of deen, I know I can read all the books. But he can step by step guide me through that process. I will feel content and I will have itminan. I will be content that I can do that hajj properly. Hmm? So if it's true for tafsir, true for hadith, true for hajj, okay, tajweed, all the books of tajweed are there. I can give you a CD and tell your children to study on their own. You would say, no, I'd rather send my kid to maktab madrasa. Why? Because there's a qari, a teacher, who will take them step by step through a curriculum so that they get a thorough understanding of tajweed. So just like it's true for every branch of learning in our deen, it is certainly equally true. And in our understanding, it is even all the more true for tazkiyah. That we need Shaykh Taskiyah to get this thorough understanding, deep cleaning. We've met many people who, in this country, in other places also, they rely and depend on some other aspect of deen. Maybe they think they have ilm, maybe they think they did dawah, maybe they think they're doing relief and humanitarian work for Gaza, Palestine. All of that is wonderful. But remember, there's, our deen has been designed in such a way that nothing in deen is substitute for something else in deen. For example, you can pray salah, it's not a substitute for zakah. You pay your zakah, it's not a substitute for fasting. You can fast, it's not a substitute for going on hajj. You can have sabr, you can have perfect sabr. It's not a substitute for doing shukr. Hmm? You can be able to control your anger entirely. It doesn't mean you can control your lust. Every single thing Allah Ta'ala is designed to be done. Because Allah Ta'ala is ahkam al hakimin He's the most wise of the wise ones. That's why Allah Ta'ala tells us in Qur'an, أُنْكُلُوا فِي That you must enter the deen of Islam entirely, completely, utterly. Kafi, shafi, wafi, our mashayik would say in Urdu. Allahu Akbar. So don't think that oh, I am this and I am that. No. Nothing can replace this effort of tazkiyah. When Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَيُزَكِّهِمْ that you have a distinct, discreet, specific thing you have to do to Sahaba 
You recite verses to them, yes. After we al-Kitab, you will teach them, yes. Or hikmah you will teach them sunnah, yes. But separate from that, distinct from that is a specific effort called tazkiyah. So this is sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi It's from Quran al-Kareem. So if we want to completely follow the complete hidayah, we must be doing our tazkiyah under some coach, instructor, tutor, guide, teacher of tazkiyah. This is part of deen. It's not some branch, some line, okay, some people do that, but I do ilm, and I do dawah, and I do relief work. No, no, it's not like that. Tazkiyah is for everyone. Yes, in khidmat of deen, there may be many branches. There are many, many ways of doing dawah. Ulama may write books. Those who aren't ulama may go on jamaat and tabliq. Those who are doing relief work, they can do dawah in refugee camps, right? There are many branches of khidmat of deen. That, of course, nobody can do everything. There you may do one, two, a few, Right? But tazkiyah is for everyone. Tazkiyah is purely part of deen. Alright. Now, <clears throat> this Arabic word muzakki means you can really say the best way to understand this. If you were to put it in English, there's capital M muzakki. That's Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يُزَكِّ مَنْ Actually, Allah Ta'ala will. Rabbi Karmashayik says, Allah Ta'ala sends rain, but through clouds, Allah Ta'ala gives children, but through a process. Allah Ta'ala sends risk, but through your salary, through your work. Right? So Allah Ta'ala does things through means. So Allah Ta'ala is al-muzakki, but He is going to do that tazkiyah through small and muzakki by having a teacher and a program and a system and a process of tazkiyah. That Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has outlined clearly in Quran al-Kareem. So how did Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what's the model of tazkiyah from the Quran and Sunnah? First thing you see is Suhba. All of us we call Sahaba, Sahaba. It could have been many names for them. We could have called them Awalun, Sadiqun. We could have called them anything. Even non-Muslim historians, they call them Sahaba. Ajib. Allahu Akbar. Is their defining feature was they had the Suhba of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now one of the benefits of that is when you have the suhbah, they got everything all at once. That's the power of suhbah, of suhbah to Rasul sallallahu They got everything all at once. Me and you, we have to get it part by part. For example, if I want to teach hadith to someone, I say, okay, these are some books of hadith. They've been divided into chapters. We're going to go one by one hadith, right? He says, no. Let's say he says to me, no, no, no. Can you prove to me that Sahaba went through these books? I said, no, Sahaba didn't go through these books. Can you prove to me Sahaba followed the methods of these muhaddisin? I said, no, I can't tell you that. Did Sahaba place these hadith in these chapters? Was that the understanding of Sahaba that this hadith should fall under this chapter? I said, no, I can't prove that to you. So he says, okay, I want you to give me hadith and sunnah the way the Sahaba got it. All together. Not through any curriculum, not through any text, not through any book, not compilation, not chapter. I say, I can't do that for you. I can say what I can do for you is I can take you through it piece by piece. When you're done with all the pieces, you will arrive at the same understanding of sunnah that Nabi Kareem Sassam gave to Sahaba Ikram. Just like that, when it comes to tazkiyah, we have to do our tazkiyah piece by piece, step by step, bit by bit, lesson by lesson. We have to learn how to purify our lust, then separate effort purify our anger, then separate effort take out our greed, then separate effort remove our envy, then separate effort take out our arrogance. We're going to have to do it step by step. 
Sahabakram, they were in Sahab of Nabi Kareem sallam. Everything was taken care of in one shot. <coughs> they were lucky. They were lucky. So that was the model of Tazkiyah. Alright? Once our Shaykh he gave the beautiful example, his example that today sometimes in medicine they have something called radiation therapy. What is that? That they pass a person, pass over a person radiation waves. And through those radiation waves that person gets cured of some illness. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Just come sit closer. Come sit closer. Shabbos. You'll be able to hear. So they pass radiation waves therapy over a person. And because of that they get cured. So just like that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, just like that our Shaykh said that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam suhba was like a wave coming over the Sahaba. What was the wave? That was the wave of the nur of Nabuwa. That was the wave of the nur of his kalb. So they put themselves in that, just like if you put yourself in a, near a magnet. So the whole magnetism of that magnet comes entirely over every molecule of that steel. Just like that, they were raw steel. But they put themselves in the presence of the magnetic heart of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa And his attraction and love for Allah Ta'ala and taqwa and tawakkul came over each and every one of them. So that was the way Nabi Akrim Sassam did Tazkiyah. Now the question is for us, do you find exactly the same thing Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanattakullaha wa kunu ma'as-sadikeen So the Sahaba got Sohbat al-Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and me and you will have to get Sohbat al-Sadikeen. Exactly the same concept. Kunu ma'as-sadikeen is Sohbat. So don't think that was something unique to Sahaba. No, Allah made it clear. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. That's everyone. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. Ittakullaha wa kunu ma'as-sadikin. So we have to do suhba of the sadikin. So that's the first model of tazkiyah. Means you have to sit with someone. You have to be with someone. You have to learn from someone. You see, every verse of Quran we have to practice. If there's somebody who doesn't have that relationship, that attachment, that affiliation, that sitting and joining and being with sadiqeen, then they're not doing amal on this verse of Quran. Alright. Second thing that you will find that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu did with the Sahaba, that is called ittiba'a. Ittiba'a means that whatever the Prophet told Sahaba Quran to do, they would follow it. Right? They used to say, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا But we hear and we obey. You say, we do. <coughs> you say and we do. Like Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, فَاتَّبِئُونِي That tell them, O oh, beloved Prophet Sallallahu that they should do ittiba' of you. Okay? Now, Sahaba were lucky, they did ittiba' of the Prophet Now, me and you, we do ittiba' of the Sunnah, broadly speaking. Right? But when you see Hadith, Sahaba sometimes they ask their personal issues to the Prophet and whatever the Prophet told them, they did ittiba' of it. Now sometimes you might be lucky that you may find your own personal situation in Hadith. But today a lot of us have issues that you won't find the answer for in Hadith. Because no Sahaba ever had that problem, therefore they never asked that question. For example, people come to me and they say, Shaykh, I'm not able to remember Allah Ta'ala at all in Salah. 
You can't find any hadith by any sahaba. Hinton the Yukrim servant said this. The sahaba, mashallah, they were zakri and awliya. No, you can't find that in a hadith. It's a personal issue, right? You can't find that problem. So what are you going to do? You have to do the same thing that you find in hadith. That sahaba used to ask the Prophet for guidance on their spiritual issues. You will find some things. And you, if you have a spiritual issue that Sahaba didn't mention, you will have to go to your teacher of Tazkiyah and mention that issue to him. There's an answer for this question. But that answer is not found in Hadith. You understand? Okay, again Allah Ta'ala in Quran showed, same thing Sahaba did with Nabiya Kareem Sassim, ittiba'a, they will ask and follow, same thing we have to do. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ that all believers you should follow the path, sabil, path, sabil, tariqa, path, way. Follow the sabil. Man of any and every such person, anaba ilayya, who has longing and yearning and love for me. Okay? So that's called shaykh. So we take a shaykh, somebody who has longing and love and yearning for Allah Ta'ala. And then when we have some problem like this, I can't make zikr in my salah, I can't feel, we go and ask them, inquire from them. Okay, third example. What was another aspect of the sunnah model? That Sahaba Akram, they used to ask, this is called su'al. They used to ask the Prophet some questions, right? They had to open up and ask. Okay, now we don't have that access. You have to ask, Allah said in Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ That you should ask the people of dhikr. إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ If you don't have ilm, if you don't know how to lower your gaze, ask the people of dhikr. You don't know how to be a good husband to your wife, ask the people of dhikr. You don't know how to focus on tansara, ask the people of dhikr. You're not feeling any feelings in tawaf, you're on umrah right there, you just did tawaf and you felt nothing. Go ask the people of dhikr. فَاسْأَلُوا <laughs> Exact same model that the Prophet used in Tazkiyah, Allah Ta'ala prescribing the same model to us. The model that is described in Sunnah, in Hadith, about the Sunnah model of Tazkiyah, Allah Ta'ala prescribes the exact same thing for all believers in Quran. In other ayah, Allah Ta'ala says, Ar-Rahman fas'al bihi khabira. Allah Ta'ala says, Ar-Rahman, you must ask, fas'al, inquire. What does it mean? How should you feel as that person who is khabir? who is deeply aware and informed that Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Rahman. So these are the model of Tazkiyah. So Mashaikh, they are going to follow the same model of Tazkiyah. You will have to sit with them, Kunuma Sadaqin, Suhbah. You will have to ask them about your issues. You will have to follow the instructions they give. Same system. Exactly according to the Quran and Sunnah. Alright? Okay. Now, understand, our Shaykh once said a beautiful thing, that there are two words, one is our deen, like deen Islam, and one is iman, and these are two separate words. Normally we use them as if they mean the same thing, synonymously, interchangeably, but there's a slight difference. What is that? That for hifazatul deen, in order to preserve the deen, you need ilm, you need knowledge. Ilm is what preserves deen. Ilm inside us will preserve deen inside us. Ilm in any community will preserve deen in the community. When there's ilm in the ummah, it will preserve the deen in the ummah. So for hifazat deen, we need ilm. 
If there's no ilm, then deen won't be preserved. And that's why you find sometimes if a person doesn't have ilm of deen, and they go for ilm of the dunya, so they study in the university, then sometimes they have questions, then it goes to skepticism, then it can go to doubts. So what was the problem? They were getting ilm of dunya without having ilm of deen. So therefore you should make sure to tell all your friends, children, nephews, cousins, any single and every single Muslim who studies at university in any way, shape or form, you must make sure they get ilm of deen. Without the ilm of deen, believe me, I've studied and taught at universities for 22 years of my life. If they don't have the ilm of deen, their deen is not going to be mahfuz. It will not be preserved. So for hifazat of deen, you need ilm. And for hifazat of iman, you need tazkiyah. To preserve our iman, for that a person needs tazkiyah. That's true for university student, that's true for manual labor, that's true for businessmen, that's true for professional, that's true for everyone. For hifazatul iman, we need tazkiyah. Why? Because when we don't have tazkiyah, we actually lose the sifat, the attributes of iman. What are the attributes of Iman? Those are the things Allah Ta'ala has said in Qur'an whenever Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. Whatever comes afterwards, that's called an attribute, a feature of Iman. Second, all the words Allah Ta'ala has used in Qur'an, Sabirin, Shakir, Sabirin, Zakirin, Tawabin, Awabin, Qanitin, Mukhlisin, oh, so many of words. All of those are attributes, Tawbah, Shukr, Sabr, these are all attributes of Iman. And because we don't have tazkiyah, we have lost some of these attributes. Someone says, I can't do sabr. Someone says, I really do shukr. I eat. I can't even remember to say the musloom du'a after eating. Somebody says, I don't have haya. I've lost that aspect of iman. My chastity, my purity, my modesty. Hmm? So we're losing our attributes of iman. This is not because we don't have ilm. This ilm all of us have. You don't need to have deep ilm to know sabr, shukr, haya. All of you know these things, right? We're losing the attributes of iman because we don't have tazkiyah. Because we don't have this. That's simple. Now if somebody comes to me and says, No, I have all of the attributes of iman mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Quran. I would say, Okay, you don't need tazkiyah. You should be teaching tazkiyah. I myself will give, I'm ready to give that certificate. But if you say, no, I'm missing this, and I'm missing that, and I'm missing this. Awabeen, those who are always turning to Allah Ta'ala. Abdul Munim, Kalbun Munim, my heart is longing for Allah Ta'ala. person says, no, I recite those words, but I don't feel those feelings. Huh? I've also recited word, Inna Allah Ma'as Sabirin, but I don't have the feeling of Sabirin. I've also recited the word, Madhaqirin Allah Kathira, but I don't have the feeling of Zakirin. So I say, that's a problem then. If anybody doesn't have any feeling of Iman, it's because they didn't do their Tazkiyah. So that means Tazkiyah refers to that purification process by which we get these feelings of Iman. That's why Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi recite to them the words, they will understand the meanings, but now you have to put the feelings in them. Will you Zakihim put the feelings of Iman in their heart? That's called Tazkiyah. That's called Tazkiyah. Alright. Now, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Annasu ma'adin. It means that people, every individual person, are like mines. 
What does it mean? So minds have different ores in them. Copper mine, gold mine, diamond mine, silver mine, coal mine, right? So what it meant that the Prophet was saying is Allah Ta'ala has put attributes in everyone. And you will see that everybody has some good attributes and everybody has some bad attributes. For example, there are some people, mashallah, you must have met people like that in your life, that they never get angry. They're just very soft people. You can't work them up. Even if you try, <laughs> even if you try to push them, prompt them, instigate them, they don't get angry. In order we call them malang. Actually sometimes they're just called Sufi even. <laughs> right? It means they're just sweet, tempered, they just can't get angry. Right? So they have a good attribute. But it's possible that that same person suffers from disease of lust. Because people have mixed of attributes. Some Allah Ta'ala gives us naturally tab'an. The rest we have to acquire through tazkiyah. The rest we have to acquire through complying with sharia. You may find another person who can get angry very quickly. You just have to light a match a yard away and they're highly flammable material. You know there's this term, danger, highly flammable. Huh? This person, Allah Akbar, even if they see the matchbox, they can get angry. Even if you reach for the cupboard in which the matchbox is, they can get angry. Slightest provocation, no provocation. Allah hmm? Akbar, so this is a problem. They have a problem. But sometimes that same person, it's ajib, they lower their gaze very well. It can happen. They actually don't have lust. They don't have Allah for lust. They actually lower their gaze very well. They don't have that problem. So you understand that? Allah Ta'ala has given all of us some of the attributes of Iman tab'an by nature. Right? And some we don't have. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَكْوَاهَا It plays out differently in every individual. So tazkiyah means very simple, to make use of the good attributes you have and to get all the attributes that you don't have. That's called tazkiyah, but it's a process, it's an effort. You have to do it. It's not enough just to be a Muslim or look like this or to pray. No, you have to put yourself through a process. Deen is an effort. Deen is an effort. So I'll just show you as an example. Right? Okay. Just want to show you two, three examples. Because one, I already gave you an example of attributes of Iman, Taqwa, Tawakkul. There are also some attributes of Iman that pertain to Hukuk al-Ibad. They're called Mu'amalat, Mu'asharat, how we interrelate with other people. This is also attributes. You'll find sometimes there's some people who are good managers. They can get along with people. They can be accommodating. Right. But they may not be very generous. That same person who's a great manager, Rick, he can be very stingy. You may find another hand, a person who's very generous, right? He's fine. You give him money, no problem. Son money, wife money, daughter money. But he can't get along with people. He can't work well with people. doesn't have accommodating personality. So just like I showed you in attributes of, you can say, hukukullah in terms of deen, spirituality. Just like that in terms of hukukul iman, hukukul ibad, they have different attributes. So I'll give you one example. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in hadith, akrimu zayf. Akrimul Zayf means show honor and ikram to your guest. Alright? Now, different people have different temperaments. So I want to show you a beautiful story. I'm sure all of you, many, most of you would have heard of a person by the name of Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvinamtane. Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvinamtane. Now, he had a Sheikh. His Sheikh was Haji Imdadullah Muhajir Makinamtane. So once Haji Imdadullah Muhajir Makinamtane, he came. To Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvinamtane's house. 
And Sheikh Thanvi prepared over 50 dishes. Sheikh Ashraf Ali Thanvi prepared over 50 dishes. Now somebody went to him and said, Sheikh, we, there were students of Sheikh Thanvi. So they said, Sheikh, how can I explain to you in English? I'm going to say one, two sentences or two just so I can think live how to explain to you in English. Alright? English that they said that Shaykh, what we learned from you was to simple living, right? We will learn from you that you are very strict with us even. And now we're seeing that your own Shaykh comes and you're laying out 50 dishes. So Shaykh Ashraf said, yes. Because Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Akrim Wuzayf. And actually this was the first time Shaykh came to my house. And I didn't know what type of food he likes. So I kept thinking of making different types of food so I could make it ikram. What does it mean that I sacrificed my tab'iyah for the shari'iyah? My own temperament is I like simple food. It should just be one dish or two dish. But I sacrificed that because the sharia was telling me something. So I was able to melt my own personality, my own character, we call my own mizaj, the type of person I am for Sharia. This is also a training that happens in Tazkiyah. But only the Kamil Awliya can do this for a person. The Awliya Kamilin, why? The Awliya Kamilin are those who not only do they have taqwa, shukr, sabr, zikr, tawbah, they also have the mizaj of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu they have the mizaj of sharia. Means they have the personality, temperament, feel of the sharia and sunnah. And some people, they're not like that. They have their own temperament. A lot of pious people are like that. A lot of pious people I've met, they have a particular temperament, which is sometimes slightly different from the temperament that Nabi Kareem Sassam taught. But one barakah, one blessing that I'm having a shaykh from the Kamil Uliya is you get this temperament. I've seen sometimes my shaykh with people who are Muslim, very pious. But because they have this issue in them, they have a particular temperament. Hmm? So our shaykh even tells them that if you spend more time in zikr, more effort in tazkir, you make more dua, then Allah Ta'ala can gift you with the temperament of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the temperament of sunnah and sharia. We call it mizaj of sunnah and sharia. Right? It's difficult though, because sometimes people have their own ideas. Right, but I'm showing you how deep Tazkiyah goes. In other words, the deen has such a deep process of Tazkiyah that it even takes away our own quirks, our own personal habits, our own personal preferences, and makes us aligned entirely with the temperament of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is what Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanvirantai was explaining. Another example is Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Adab and Akhlaq. That also takes place in Tazkiyah. So as an example, the Prophet ﷺ had extreme compassion. He was a very compassionate person. A lot of compassion, figure for Ummah, always doing sila, rahmi, trying to reconcile, reconcile between two people. So this is also an attribute. This is also a feature that a person should have if we really want to be following the sunnah of Nabi Kareem Wasallam. Alright. So there are some, you can say, religious, spiritual sifat pertaining to our relationship to Allah Ta'ala and then there's some attributes pertaining to our relationship with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. This is also why you need a teacher. Because part of Tazkiyah is the shaykh over time gets to know you. Over time. The book will never get to know you. 
It's that one-to-one relationship, like when you see a doctor and you keep seeing a doctor. So I'll give you an example. For 35 years, I've had the same eye doctor in New York City. Actually, I got glasses when I was five years old. <laughs> when I was between the kindergarten and first grade. The first graders used to call me professor. I ended up becoming a professor. Huh? So first grade called me a professor. Now this, 35 years, I know he knows, he knows my eyes like the back of his hand, obviously. Right? So this was also sunnah. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he knew sahaba. This is called tirbiyat of salikin. This is called training the people. I'll give you an example. Today they call it human resource management. Do they call it? Human resource management. What does it mean? Sayyidina Rasulullah he knew that Abu Huraira, or he should be sitting in Ashab al-Safa and just learning Hadith from me. Or Bay ibn Kaab, I should make him a master of Quranic recitation. Or Khalid ibn Walid, he should go out and do jihad. Or Hassan ibn Thabit, he's a poet, he should sit in Masjid and recite poetry. <laughs> if you understood, if you knew about Sahaba and Hadith, you would understand what I'm saying. This is the tashkil of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now maybe you understand because you're, fam- you're familiar with that word. Hmm? This is also tarbiyah. But you need an ustad to do that. This is also a problem that many of us, we don't have that. The person who can recognize the good in us, recognize the bad in us, help us to make the good greater than the bad. That's a relationship. That's called shaykh al-tazkiyah. So this is also sunnah, what Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to do. So this is something that our mashayikh and asatas are used to do. Alright? Another word that has been used for this in Quran is called tazkiyah. And the hadith is called ihsan. Ihsan. Very famous hadith that the angel, just give you the summary, that the angel Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ, asked him a few questions. One question he asked it, well, tell me what is ihsan? So the Prophet ﷺ said that ihsan, an ta'budullaha ka'annaka tara. It's to worship Allah Ta'ala as if you see Him. And if you're not able to see Allah Ta'ala, you're knowing that Allah Ta'ala is seeing you. Now what does this mean? Let me also explain. To worship Allah Ta'ala as if you are seeing Him. It doesn't mean in Salah you try to imagine what Allah Ta'ala looks like. You can never imagine what Allah Ta'ala looks like. Even that sentence is in a sense nonsensical. That Allah Ta'ala even looks like something. Even that's not even itself correct. What you're supposed to do is imagine that if you were able to see Allah Ta'ala, were you able to gaze at Allah Ta'ala, how would that make you feel? Pray Salah with that same feeling. So in Salah you're not trying to imagine what Allah Ta'ala looks like. You're trying to imagine how I would feel if I could see Allah Ta'ala. That feeling, pray Salah with that same feeling. Second, if you can't do that, then imagine that Allah is looking at you. How would that make you feel? With that feeling, pray Salah. That's what's called Ihsan. So obviously now this is an effort. Now they've also mentioned the goal, right? There's no mention of how are you going to get that, right? Now me and you, we don't have that. <laughs> so it means there's some left, some effort left. There's some part of our deen left. Now ilm isn't going to get you bad. Khidmat of deen isn't going to get you bad. There's an effort there's an effort called Tazkiyah and Ihsan that gets a person this feeling. That gets a person this feeling. Alright. Now, later on, people started calling this Tasawwuf. This is the nature of Arabic language. The Arabic language is very rich that there's so many words for the same thing. 
Many times we give our friends this example that this clothing I wear, you can call it jubba, you can call it galabiya, you can call it qabis, you can call it long baggy shirt. I mean, if you change the name, does it change what it is? It, it is what it is. You can keep changing the name every day. It doesn't change what it is. <coughs> this is the nature of deen. Another example I'll give you that the word tajweed is nowhere in Quran. It's nowhere found in Quran. Quran But everybody goes to tajweed class. I start saying that Mulan is doing a bidda. He teaches tajweed in the maktab. He should be teaching tartil. The monas I'm teaching the exact same thing. You want to call it tartil, you want to call it hadar, you want to call it tajweed, you want to call it Quranic pronunciation. You can change the label. It doesn't change what it is. It is what it is. Say Mulan. So tasawwuf is nothing other than tazkiya and asan. It's the same thing. Same difference. It is what it is. Alright? Okay. Now, earlier on in the Ummah, really for the first 1200 years of the Ummah, people were very lucky that they had a lot of interaction with people who had wilayat. A lot of interaction. Imams were wali, Quran teacher were wali, your neighbor could be wali, even businessman was wali. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of interaction. In this day and age, it's gone less. You don't have so much interaction because those people have become less and less and less. So then all the more we need to have that relationship with shaykh because actually we're not in the company of people who have that zikr. There are not so many zakirin around us anymore. So we have to make all the more effort to establish a relationship and a connection with the zakirin. With the zakirin. All right. Now, what happens if you have ilm, hifazat of deen, tazkiyah, hifazat of iman? There's still two more attributes a person needs. And these are the master attributes. And that's called humility and sincerity. It's a whole separate topic, right? We plan for tomorrow, Nazadville. That's very far from you. But tomorrow after Isha, Nazadville, inshallah, we'll talk about sincerity and humility. After all, this is the crown of tazkiyah, you can say. This is the cream, the finishing touch, hmm? finishing coat. Is that they have hifazat of deen because they have ilm, they have hifazat of iman, they have tazkiyah. Now they need humility and sincerity. So I'll give you a story. Now from one of Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanzi's students, his name is Kali Muhammad Tayyab Great alam of deen, hifazat of deen. Right? Had many great sifat of iman, person of sabr, person of shukr. But one day he wrote a letter to Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvi. He became Muhtamim of Dawlam Deoband. He became the Vice Chancellor of this great institution of Islamic He was fairly young. He was also extremely handsome. He was also extremely intelligent. He was also extremely scholarly. Hmm? So actually he started noticing these things about himself. So he saw that he was lacking that finishing touch, humility. And he was worried that that is also means he's lacking the finishing touch of sincerity. So what did he do? He wrote a shaykh a letter. Why? Well, I told you, this is the model of tazkiyah. You have to inform. Like Sahabi used to ask. So he wrote shaykh a letter. That shaykh, you know, I am muhtamil darun dirbam. And these are the things that I find in me. So shaykh wrote him back and says, You must stop all the things you're doing. Hand over the affairs of the administration of that institution of Islamic thing to somebody else. And you must come to me immediately. 
Now that's not that easy to do, right? I go today and tell some president of Madrasa that you drop everything that you're doing and you come to Shaykh. He'll say, how am I going to do that? What would the people think? Right? And they A, B, C, D. Right? No. These people were sincere. Means they were talib of Islam. They were talib of the Tazkiyah. Shaykh wrote him back. And he wrote Shaykh with the letter with the intent to follow the response. You see, he had true niyat. So this, that's sincerity. He had the sincerity. The missing was humility. He got the response. He left everything. Left everything. <laughs> left everything. He went to Shaykh. <laughs> A small little village called Tanabhavan. So he went to Shaykh. And then he came to Shaykh. Up now you would think, okay, Shaykh is going to make him do some serious stuff. Like seven hours of zikr a day. Maybe like one hour to do the night. Right? Shaykh said, okay, I want you to sit. You sit in Bayan, Madras. You sit in the gatherings. You do your basic zikr. You have one job I want you to do. That every time anybody comes to Salah, you're going to straighten their shoes. Literally. They will say, Masaik Sunu, Ye Allah, Ye Allah, Allah, Johanna, Ye Allah, Kakur, Ye Juti, Sidakarna Simanta, Ye Huay, Ye Rakye, Juti, Sidakarna Simanta. Means in English that, literally, he just, his job is just to arrange the shoes. Hazrat Mulana Kari Muhammad Tayyab, Muhtamim, serving Muhtamim, ranking Muhtamim of Dalam Durban. Sitting and literally this is a job. Anytime. Prisoner would come to visit Shaykh, straighten the shoes. People coming in between salah to make zikr, straighten the shoes. People coming for five times salah, straighten the shoes. And everybody seeing him doing it. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Ajeeb, this is a shaykh. So do you need, he could never have come up with that himself. He could have done that in Durban. If he could come, he could have done that in his own mother said, straighten the shoes of the students and the teachers. You can't do this care of yourself. You can't. <laughs> You need that instructor, you need that shaykh to tell you he understood. There may be another person who came, he may have told you have to do Laila for three hours a day. Shaykh can tell. <laughs> shaykh is going to guide you. Alright. So he started doing this. He started straightening the shoes. Right? He said that for one month, this is all I did. One month. And by the end of the month, he said that I prayed the janazah of my takabbar. This is the phrase he uses. Ajeeb. <laughs> I prayed janaza over my takambar. You understand? Huh? Like all my arrogance died. <laughs> Finished. Finished in me. Hmm? And then he wrote about himself. This he wrote this many years later in his book. He said, for the rest of my life, I never ever had any vanity, conceit, pride again. So that one month of effort of tazkiyah saved him for his whole life. Saved him for his whole life. So these people took it seriously. Now imagine that these are such great ulama. Hmm? <coughs> Me and your ordinary people. Hmm? They are taking their tazkiyah so seriously, even though they have so much ill. Then our own shaykh, he mentioned a story of his shaykh, Hazrat Khaja Ghulam Habib that when he met Qari Muhammad Tayyim, they met in Makkah Mukarram in the Mataf. And he fell in love with Qari Muhammad Tayyim. And he asked Qari Muhammad Tayyim, he went to him and gave him a big hug, and he said that you have such a shining expression. So Kai, he said the Kaimah instantly responded, Ya mera kumana, ya mera shaykh kumana. Instantly. And then Khadaglamiyata got so happy, he said, uh, in English he said, this is not due to any effort of my own, this was the effort my shaykh put in me. And Khadaglamiyata got even more happy this response and he gave him another hug. He gave him another hug. So it means the humility lasted with them their whole life. Their whole life. So, if anyone could have done tazkiyah on their own, it would have been sahaba. If anybody could have done tazkiyah on their own, it would have been the ulama who have ibn al-deen. But you will see this. 
our great ulama, they always went for a teacher. They always put themselves in a process. They always connected themselves to a program. Even the earlier great ulama like Imam al-Ghazai, his shaykh is mentioned in one of his books. He writes the name of shaykh. I've seen it with my own eyes, that book. Khwaja Abu Ali Farmadi Nantane. He was a great sheikh and our own line actually goes through him. So the ulama used to go to Mashaykh. So this is why we have to connect ourselves to this effort of tazkiyah. Simply speaking, if you want, in the simplest way, that all of us have something called the nafs. Inna nafsa la'amalatun bisu'i. Hatta says in the Quran that indeed the nafs supremely commands a person to do evil. So tazkiyah is what teaches us to stave ourselves from the commands of that nafs. To protect us from being amdun nafs. It makes us instead abun nafs, to master the nafs, instead of being a slave to it. And then all of you I think can understand this. Everyone knows their own story. How much they give into their nafs. Hmm? If there's anybody who says to me that I've mastered my nafs entirely, I will again tell them, no need to be a student of Tazkiyah, you should be Shaykh of Tazkiyah. <laughs> you must help others to master their nafs entirely. Hmm? And this is this effort called Tazkiyah to Nafs, sometimes called Islah, and there's so many names, but we wanted to open it up for you clearly what it is. Now what happens is that there are different Mashaykh, they teach different ways, no problem. Just like there are so many different ulama, you said in his tafsir, it's a little bit different, right? Even if you look at the written works of tafsir, they're a bit different, no problem. Allah Ta'ala has promised in Qur'an this will happen. Yes, Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ subul سُبُلَنَا Allah Ta'ala said, we will surely give them hidayah, not sabil, subul, to multiple paths that will lead to us. So this is a promise Allah has given in Qur'an, that there won't be just one way. There are going to be multiple paths that lead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's true for everything. There'll be multiple tafsir. There'll be multiple works of hadith. There'll be multiple understandings of fiqh. And there are going to be multiple ways of tazkiyah. That's true for everything. Alright? There'll be multiple ways of dawah. Multiple ways of jihad. There'll be multiple ways of everything. Any and everything you can think of. There will always be multiple. There can never be just one. Because Allah ta'ala said plural. Alright. So... Question then people often ask us is how do I pick my process of tazkiyah? So one way is that when Allah Ta'ala puts an opportunity in front of you, Mashaik used to teach us that the other towards Allah Ta'ala is to walk through that door that He opens for you. If you walk through the door that Allah Ta'ala opens for you, then all the time you will be walking with the barakah of Allah Ta'ala. If you try to knock on door and open it yourself, even if you manage to open it, even if you manage to walk through it, that was your own choice, that you will be walking on it on your own two feet. Hmm? So our Mashaikh, my own Shaykh, he sent us here to spread teachings of Tazkiyah. Alhamdulillah, we have two Mashaikh here today. I don't even know which one's closer to Indonesia because I don't know my geography. Huh? Here I think actually because I just came, I would assume Mayfair must be closer actually in this case because it was quite, it was a bit of a journey for us. Hmm? To come here, we came to you from Banoni. So, this is a blessing for you. What is the method of Tazkiyah of Ramashai? It's very easy. You learn, this teaching and learning takes place basically in two ways. Number one way, it's called Bayan. I just did for you now, that's called Bayan. So we have Mashai here, Sheikh Mohammed Musa, Sheikh Hafiz Mohammed Mia. They give Bayan, I give Bayan. 
So you have to listen to the talks and you have to practice the teachings that are taught in the talks. Our job to give the talk, your job to live the talk. I also have to live the talk, obviously. I better be living it before I give it, right? Uh-huh. But that was done through my shaykh. My job with my shaykh was to live his talks. Hmm? Alright? Okay. So you have to listen to Bihan. So on your way out, we'll give you a card also, where you can go to a website where we put hundreds of Bihans. Those of you, it's very rare in South African people who know Urdu well enough, but if you know full Urdu, whole Urdu is samaj me aata hai Huh? You have to go to www.thesawaf.org. If you don't know Urdu, you don't have to know what I said. Alright? Yeah. <laughs> okay? Your job is to listen to Bian. Listen to Bian. Bian means what? Our Mashaikh have specialized that they've taken out the pearls and diamonds of the feelings of Quran and Sunnah and presented them in a way that motivates us to feel those feelings. So basically, we basically just replicate our Shaykh talks in Urdu, we give it to in English. We're just like a translator. For years I've been literally also translator of Shaykh. Alright? Okay. Now, you go on the website, you will, you, everybody knows what problem you have. You want down controlling anger, it's there on the website. How to lower my gaze, it's there on the website. Control my lust, it's there on the website. How to love Allah Ta'ala, it's there on the website. Love for Nabi Kareem Sassam is there on the website. How to fear Allah Ta'ala is there on the website. Your job is to go and browse, find the topic you need, listen to Bayan and start practicing it. If ever you have some problem related to your deen spirituality, that you don't find it there on the website. That how to be a good husband is there on the website. How to be a good wife, that's there on the website. Hmm? If it's not there, you write us an email. My job is to make that Bayan. Yes, it's my duty that if you send me an email and it's a genuine thing, I realize, yes, people have this problem and we've never given beyond on this. It's my job to find the teachings of our Mashaikh and put that in English and give you beyond. It's my duty. You understand now it's a relationship of learning. So first thing is called beyond. Sometimes we also call majlis. Well, let me explain to you. The second thing is that we have to teach you zikr. There must be some daily regimen of zikr you do that helps you do your tazkiyah. Like if you go to a tajweed teacher, so you have to practice this for 10 minutes a day. Off, gaf, off, gaf. Just sit in the corner and he'll give you some exercise to do. Right? Okay. So I'm going to teach you the zikr right now. Very simple. And then if you go on the website, we sometimes have something called majlis. Majlis is how we teach zikr. So that's the talk which explains zikr, guides people on zikr, answers questions about zikr. Oh, I don't even know where that is, but there's Majlis at 10 p.m. tonight at some place in Indonesia. Is there Hafiz Mia or no? Yeah, maybe we'll announce to you afterwards what that address is. Alright, okay, but right now I'm going to do a two-minute Majlis for you. Very simple. Five things our Mashaikh say, that if you practice this five zikr every day, it's like a daily step, but daily progress you'll make in your tazkiyah. Number one, recitation of Qur'an. Tilawah to Qur'an. You must recite Qur'an al-Kareem every single day. If you can recite one juz, those of you retired and have a lot of time, wonderful. Otherwise, recite half a juz, half a separa. If you can't even do that, recite something as much as you can. Inshallah, you recite daily, you will be able to reach half a juz. You must have seen in Ramadan just now, you started reciting, you kept reciting, all of a sudden you could recite more. It was just a month, look at that. It was one month. 
It's true right now also. Again, you do the same thing. You start reciting, keep reciting. You'll be able to recite more and more. The same thing will happen now. That wasn't khast in Ramadan. That can still happen. You will see you go on Umrah sometimes. You pick up ground, you start reciting. You didn't recite before. Next day you recite a bit more in the haram. Within three, four days you find it easier to recite. You may, right? It's similar flowing on your tongue. You start feeling on your heart. So every day you should be reciting. Second hundred times a day you should recite istighfar. Astaghfirullah Rabbi min kulli dhanbin wa atubu ilayh. Because every day we have to say sorry to Allah Ta'ala. Every day we have to seek His forgiveness and clean our heart from whatever sins we did that day. Third hundred times recite salawat. Durud Sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyiduna Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyiduna Muhammad wa mubarak wa sallam. Fourth is that all the time outside ibadah you should try to keep remembering Allah Ta'ala. In Arabic this is called wukufi kalbi. It means that keep reminding your heart to remember Allah Ta'ala. Keep reminding your heart about Allah Ta'ala. Even just remind your heart that Allah Ta'ala is wujudi bari Ta'ala. Even that's dhikr. Because if you forget Allah Ta'ala, you forget that He's being al-kareem with you, you forget He's being as-sitar with you, you forget He's watching you, you forget He's aware of you, you forget He's hearing you, then basically that means you forgot Him altogether. So no, Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ That don't you ever forget Allah Ta'ala ever. So the way to do amal on this is to keep reminding your heart about Allah Ta'ala. In any of the ways I mentioned, right? Okay. This you do all the time. If you find that you're forgetful of Allah Ta'ala all the time, you have to do zikr all the time. If you say I'm forgetful of Allah Ta'ala half the time, you'll have to make the zikr half the time. This is the zikr you do to remove the ghafla, to remove the forgetfulness. So it's called wukuf kalbi So recitation of Qur'an, hundred times istighfar, hundred times salawat, wukuf kalbi Fifth thing is called muraqabah. Muraqabah, M-U-R-A-Q-A-B-A-H. Don't be scared by the word. Huh? Muraqabah. No. It's a special zikr. This you, in the beginning, try to do once, maybe for 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Sometimes if you have a day off, you have more time, do it twice a day, do it for longer. This is a special zikr, what? You're going to sit down and try to remember Allah SWT in such a way that you forget everything else. You forget your own self. You forget your thoughts. You forget the world and all that it contains. You want to drown so deep in zikr of Allah Ta'ala, what Allah Ta'ala calls in Quran, tabattu. What later they call fanayyat, istighraq, mahat. You want to lose yourself entirely in the zikr of Allah. How are you going to do that? Allah Ta'ala explained in Quran two things. Number one, wadhkur rabbaka fi nafsik, that make zikr of your rab inside yourself, in your button. The inside us is our ruh. Which part of ruh makes zikr? That's our qalb. So you're going to make intention that my spiritual heart is making zikr. Okay, how does my spiritual heart make zikr? Tongue makes zikr by moving and saying words. How will my spiritual heart make zikr? You just make niyyah, intention that your heart is making zikr. Your heart will make zikr. Yeah, that's it. Because that's what your heart does. Just like you said, how do I make my eyes see? I so say, you just look. How do I make my ears hear? You just listen. Because the function of the eyes is to see, the function of the ears is to hear, the function of the kalb is to make zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So you just have to make niyyah. So easy. You just sit with this intention that I'm quiet and my kalb is making zikr of Allah Ta'ala. 
Okay, with zikr. With zikr is my cult making. So Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكَ Make zikr in the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. So you make niyyah intention that my kalb is making zikr. Allah, Allah, Allah. That's it. And me, I'm imagining as if I'm listening to this Allah, Allah coming from my heart. Nothing with the tongue. Make intention that your heart, spiritual heart, not physical heart, spiritual heart, kalb, heart of ruh. You simply make niyyah that my kalb is making zikr. Allah, Allah. And imagine that me, I'm listening to this Allah, Allah. That's it. This focus, focusing on Allah Ta'ala's name, that's what will enable you to go deep into zikr and forget everything else. Otherwise your mind will wander. You need something to focus on. Allah Ta'ala gave us the barakah of His name. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Tabarakasmurabbik, full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. Hmm? Full of barakah. So we just need to put the blessing of that blessed name in our kalb. We'll be making zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And imagine somebody said, I don't have a doctor and they're sick. You say, go to the doctor. You say, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. You say, just go to the doctor. What's the matter? You're sick. Just go to the doctor. I say, okay, the doctor came and visited me in my own masjid. He said, what's the matter with you? The doctor came to you himself. Huh? He brought two others with him. Three doctors came to you. Hmm? Allah Akbar. I said, yeah, I don't know. I'm still thinking. There's no need. There's no need for delay. It's foolish to delay. If you can't recite Quran properly, go to Qari. That's it. There's no long explanation. You don't know what to recite in Salah, go to Mufti, learn the Messiah of Salah. There's no explanation. Or you can't lower your gaze. There's no delay. Go to Shaykh and start learning how to lower your gaze. Go to Shaykh and start learning how to control your anger. You don't feel anything in Salah. There's no delay. Go to Shaykh, start learning the zikr that makes you feel something in Salah. There's no delay in Deen. You don't know you're going to die tonight. You're going to die tomorrow. Some of you may not even be here next time we set foot in this masjid. Muhammad said, you'll never have this opportunity. I may yet and I might come back again. Muhammad said, you'll never have this opportunity again. <laughs> I'm just teasing Muhammad. Huh? <laughs> you introduced like that? I said, yeah, Allah, okay. Muhammad took care of the ekid of Allah. Now the ekid of Allah, you don't have to do that. Allah, okay. Begin practicing the zikr that we taught. You listen to the bayans, you live the bayans, and everything else carries on. But you add this one effort of tazkir to your life, inshallah ta'ala you'll see that your heart will become more inclined towards Allah ta'ala. You'll start feeling softening in your salah. You become softer in your character with other people. This effort will have its fruits and its benefits. You are the real Muzaki. You do of our heart, purify our heart, purify our nafs. You want to take out all the unlawful feelings from our heart, the unlawful lust from our heart, unlawful greed from our heart, unlawful anger from our heart, unlawful error from our heart, unlawful envy from our heart, let him be clean, purify us, Ya Rabbi, and put in our heart the pure love for you, pure love for Quran, for Nabi Salam, for Deen Islam, for Sahaba Ikram, for all of the Sunnah, for all of the Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Salihin, Ulama, Uliya, put in our heart a true love and compassion for all Mu'mineen, Muslimin, Ya Rabbi Kareem, he'll put in our heart all the good attributes, help us overcome our bad attributes, 
attributes. Ya Rabbi Kareem, be kind with us, merciful to us, tender to us. Guide us, Ya Rabb, guide us to that path and those people who will help us to become closer to you. Make us steadfast on that path. Make us regular in our zikr. Let the zikr impact our heart. Let the zikr penetrate our heart. Let the zikr melt our heart so that we too, Ya Rabbi Kareem, become amongst your true, loyal, loving servants and slaves. We never want to betray you again. We never want to sin against you again. And we ask your forgiveness on this night. Forgive us for any and all sins we ever did. Forgive us for the sins we did to you. Forgive us for the sins and hurt we did to others. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us pure again. Make us people of taqwa and ikhlas. People of humility and sincerity, Ya Rabbi Kareem. You know, those men and women who made their niyyah tonight, that they want to become students of zikr and tazkiyah, and accept their niyyah, Ya Allah. Bless them in this path. Grant them what we each and every one of us, Ya Rabbi Kareem, came here tonight only searching for you. And we wanted to be close to you before we rise from this gathering, Ya Allah. Grant us this goal. Make us fulfill our objective. Make us your true, loyal, loving, obedient slaves. Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rambana takamalina innaka anta sameer alim. Watubu alayna innaka anta tawamu rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin. Amen.